This message was recorded at the Covenant Nation, United Kingdom. Father, we give you thanks, and we give you praise. Happy New Year all. Welcome to 2021, the year of the manifestation of the sons of God. Um, you're welcome in Jesus' name, for we are led by the Spirit of God. Therefore, we are the sons of God. Father, we give you thanks, and we give you praise. We worship you, and we bless your name. We worship you, and we bless your name. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. You're welcome in Jesus' name. And before we go on to the word, let's say a short word of prayer. Um, acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit who is here right now. And um, we trust that he will make his word known unto us. Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for utterance. We thank you for transformation. We thank you for renewal in your presence. We give you thanks and we give you praise that the word goes forth unhindered and we come against every demonic force that tries to hinder or misrepresent the word. And we say you are cast out in the name of Jesus. The word has and creates an eternal effect in the hearts of the people and in their minds and in their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is a good God and his mercies endures forever. We're going to talk about the blessing. We started it um, on New Year's Eve. The blessing of God. Um, which we said the blessing of God, um, the blessing is the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree in Galatians 3.13, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And that blessing is received through faith. So the primary essence of faith, we said, is to receive a supply of the Spirit in every situation we're in. And we'll see that in, in details in the life of Abraham today. So we give God thanks for it. it is a very great privilege to be born at this season, in this season. But before I go, I just want to share a story. Um, it's, just, um, <laughs> it's very interesting how um, 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 Kennedy Hagin, one of the fathers of the faith of blessed memory, he, he told a story uh, which which not a story but it was a real experience but he told it as a story which i think is relevant um even to our lives he had a sister i think or a relative who went to be with the lord and at that time that relative was married she had a husband i think she had a child i can't remember then what happened was he had a vision um this was a, a real a vision where he was caught up into heaven um after that relative had passed away and what happened was he he, he saw Jesus and he saw her actually and he was um, he was talking with her and he noticed something you know her husband on earth had remarried and all that and he was he was um, he was thinking in his mind that oh, I didn't tell I didn't tell I didn't tell her that he was remarried so he, he was he was thinking about all that you know about the nitty-gritty of the details of the life on earth as regards the people she left behind. He was saying, okay, her husband wasn't married, but I didn't want to tell her that. So, but, but he was surprised at what her focus was in that conversation. You know, she was speaking to him and telling him that, look, um, 
the people here are not really concerned, as it were, about um, the nitty-gritty of the details here. You know, what they're concerned with is about the advancement you're making in the spirit, because they can see it. As we are, sub, we are encompassed with a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. So they see the advancement you are making in the realm of the spirit. They see the advancement your spirit man, your soul, is making. On the outside, people can see different things on the earth as human beings, but we might not appreciate the advancement one is making. That is why um, we have to understand that, that it is not on the outside. It starts with the inside. You know, so she said that, look, guys here are seeing the advancement. You know when you are walking the will of God. You know when you have deviated from the will of God. But the people on the earth might not know. You might be getting chairs and, and applause on the people on earth, but you might have gone far away. In the same way, you might not be recognized on the outside on the earth, but in the realm of the spirit, you are making great advancement. So let's understand that, that we are basically spirit beings, you know, living in the realm of the spirit, and the Holy Ghost is here to lead us and let us understand that there's a race set before every single man, a race here on the earth to fulfill the course and the destiny that God has designed for each person on the earth. And through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your spirit man is now alive unto God and the Holy Ghost has been given us to navigate the course and to fulfill that purpose on the earth. And to be honest with you, the real crux of the matter is actually what is the hindrance, the factor between that spirit man and the expression of all the things that God has given to us on the earth is that soul of a man there which has the mind, the will, and the emotions which carry the experiences that in, in, a, man's, in a man's life. So if God is saying that I want to get access to the soul compartment of a man so that he will be able to fulfill that purpose so that he'll be able to manifest those things on the inside of him. And the person, the only person that has access to bring about, to transfer the things of God into that compartment of the soul is the Holy Ghost. And that is why we need him so much. Um, it's so interesting. Um, we, we try to pray things on the earth. Like I said last week on Sunday, you try to pray things in our, into our lives. But God doesn't work like that. God works on the inside of us. God first works inside you to will and to do, then you now carry out the action on the outside. So we can't bypass. God doesn't want us to bypass that process of transformation on the inside because um, he wants us to become before we actually are. So that's very important. The Holy Spirit is the one that will do that on the inside of us. You know, so, so, so that's very important to know and, and we'll see that that is the crux of the matter. In the, in the, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, I was just meditating on that. What he saw really was actually, what they saw was actually who he really was. They saw for the first time, God gave them a glimpse of this is what the Jesus that is causing all those events to happen is not just doing those events. He is he's something in the realm of the spirit. His mind and his, his whole being, they saw who he really was for the first time and they saw what was triggering the events on the outside. So that's what God is saying. He says, look, I, I, I made you my own image and likeness. I want to transform you to something. You know, I want to transform you to the, the, the one that is prosperous, the one that is, that is full of the life of God, the one that is full of the love of God, the one that is full in your mind. Because as your soul prospers, you prosper are in health. The one that is healed, actually, in reality. Not trying to struggle on the outside to get it. No, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about necessarily, it will manifest on the outside, but it starts with the inside. 
you know, two houses can be built, one on the sand and one on the rock. You see, the one on the sand, on the outside, they have the same similitude. On the outside, they have the same structure. You will never know on the outside, but it's the substance from which the building comes from or the foundation on which the building is laid that makes the difference. You know, so let's understand that it's not about anything on the outside, first of all. It's first of all about the inside. He said, the trine of your faith is more precious than silver or gold. The process through which you go through to get anything on the outside, submitting yourself to the process is more important than actually getting things on the outside. That is why don't let the Satan or the enemy lure you into accepting deliverance, into accepting handouts on the outside and bypass the process that the Spirit of God wants to take you to in transforming you on the inside, you know, to become someone different. So it's about the inside, about running that race, about staying focused. And it's about, we'll see how from where we are, from where we are, to be honest with you, because there's so much pressure and distraction on the outside, people are trying to live with the Joneses, people are trying to attain things because of what they see on the outside. It's much more than that. There is much more than that. God is interested in conforming us to the image, the stature of the fullness of Christ on the inside. Men like that, people that have been women, that have been transformed to the stature, the image, the fullness of the stature of Christ on the inside. You know, that's why you stand there and you know what to do in every situation. I mean, your mind is functioning at the same intellectual frequency of Jesus Christ. You have you are, you are become a different person on the inside. That is the focus and not things on the outside. You know, so let, us, let the devil uh, change us for a while while we're coming back to the root of the matter. You know, we're not going to be deceived anymore. And uh, we trust that the Holy Spirit will take us through this journey as we even interact with the things of the Spirit even in this time. And the essence of salvation, we'll see it in First Peter. First um, Peter, I won't read the whole thing. It says there in, in verse, let's start from three. We'll just read that. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has gotten us born again into a lively hope into a lively hope. So you have gotten born again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It says that lively hope is an inheritance. That lively hope is an inheritance um, that is undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So the hope is an inheritance. It is undefiled. It is incorruptible. It cannot be changed. It's not subject to change or decay. It's reserved in heaven for you, meaning that there is something in your life, an inheritance for you regarding everything you are going through on the earth, which is reserved in heaven. It is incorruptible. It cannot be touched by man, by Satan, by circumstances, by government policies, by your mistakes, by anything on the outside. No man can touch that inheritance. It is inside the veil. It is incorruptible. It is reserved in heaven and it bears your name on it. You know, no circumstance on the outside can touch that inheritance. The problem is that we people don't have access, haven't accessed that inheritance on the inside of them. Look, there's a purpose for every man on the earth. You know, I, I, one of the fathers of the faith said, look, that he had been in ministry for about um, roughly about 15 to 20 years but he hadn't even entered even the first phase of his ministry you know so people pass through the earth and never touch the contents of that inheritance they can have things on the outside but they don't actually enter into the inheritance they can have wealth things riches on the outside but they really enter into the inheritance so there's an inheritance there incorruptible undefiled and does not fade away reserved in heaven for you so let's begin to understand that and he says we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time 
wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So it says that inheritance is there, but you know, even if that inheritance is there, that look, the inheritance might be the inheritance, one of the inheritance, for example, is by the stripes you are healed, or that God has supplied all your needs according to his riches in glory. But it says, even though he said that, you know, there is something that he said you might have a situation on the earth where there is lack and there is necessity, there might be sickness in someone's body, even though in the realm of the spirit he is healed, he has that inheritance of healing already as an inheritance of wealth but he might actually be on the earth and the contrary of that inheritance is operating in his life it might be a man that is supposed to be a governor over nations and somewhere he's just struggling from hand to mouth trying to meet things on the outside but god is saying that it doesn't negate the fact that that inheritance exists the only thing is that the man has incoming contact in his mind with the inheritance he might be an owner of multinationals you know an owner a well distributed on the earth in the realm of the spirit it might be someone who has the wealth to distribute to nations but on the earth he's a moving from job to job, begging people to employ him, you know, but that inheritance is there. And God is saying that the fact that he's doing that does not mean that inheritance does not exist, but he hasn't come in contact with it yet. So he says, though through the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold and silver that perishes, though, even the, though if it's tried with fire, might be found unto the glory, praise and honor at the appearing of Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom not, no, you see him not, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. That's what I want to get to. It says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So the essence of it all is for the man's soul to be saved. That, that salvation of the soul, meaning that the man will come in contact with who he really is. The man will come in contact with inheritance in that particular area that is laid up for him in heaven. That's what God is interested in. And this is the salvation the prophets inquired about. They searched diligently to see what the Spirit of God was actually saying in that time. So let's understand that we're in a privileged time in this new covenant. So that inheritance exists. That inheritance is there waiting for us to actually access it and actually come to that place where we come in contact with inheritance and the Holy Spirit is the person the Holy Spirit is the person that has been given to us to access those things so what I want to tell you that the condition of your life to be honest with you um, is not necessarily what God has planned for you on the in the earth the way the things that have been expressed is not the end point you might have been in that condition for a long time doesn't make it something permanent everything that is seen is subject to change the only thing that is not subject to change is that inheritance and its contents you know, in your life as a person. And once we begin to push in to the things of the Spirit and the things of God, practically now, we'll begin to see God move in our lives in ways that we have never seen before. And we'll say, oh my God, this is marvelous. God will say, look, it's always been like that. God will say, this is marvelous. God will say, no, it's not, it's not a surprise to me. That is who you really are. That's what you really have. That is who you really are. It's not a surprise to me. It might be a surprise to you, but that is who you really are to me. So what you've been living is not what you really are. Now, who you really are is beginning to show forth, and that is what God is saying here. Now, Jesus said that this, um, Jesus Christ has come to help us even in that context. And we will see in clear details what the Holy Spirit has come to do in John 14, 16 to 18. We read this. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, 
intercessor, strengthener, and guide. That word comforter means one called alongside to help. You know, and it says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, he lives with you, I shall, he lives with you and shall be in you. He says, I will not leave you helpless or as orphans, but I will come to you. Because Jesus knew that while on earth, while people are interacting on the earth, you know, that they will face challenges even as his children, and those challenges will contradict everything that God has said of them. He knew that, that people will have tough times on the earth. He knew that people will have challenges with their children, with their health, with their finances. He knew all those things, and he knew that, that those things might in itself be distractions in their lives. But he said, look, I have a system here. I want to introduce the Holy Spirit. I want him to come into your life and help you navigate those things and turn those light afflictions. He calls them light because they are irrelevant, honestly. He calls them light because in the context of what God has in, in store for you, they are light. You know that situation where a man doesn't have a job and he's struggling or the struggling a man is facing his marriage or those things. He said they are light afflictions, to be honest with you. And he said, if you allow the spirit enter in and do what I want to do in your life. Through those situations, there will be an exceeding eternal weight of glory. So through the light, the mundane, God wants to bring in the eternal into our lives. And we have to understand how to actually do that. And in the process of that, the real crux of the matter is that in that process, there is a transformation that is taking place, which is the most important thing here in the soul of a man while that is happening. Now, let me show you this. Um, it now says that the Spirit of God, the comforter when he is come, he will, he will, he will take what is mine and show it to you. He will reveal what is mine and teach you all things that are mine. Now, Psalm 34, let's go there and begin to see what God, how God does this. You know, so if you have challenges on the outside, you're in good company, to be honest with you. Because he says he's a comforter, to bring comfort. You know, and, and the way God enters into our lives is through those situations. The way we enter into the kingdom is through those situations. With much afflictions, we enter into the kingdom of God. He says, when you have received revelation, what happens is that things begin to happen on the outside that contradict. And that is how we enter. Psalm 34 verse 18. That is how we enter into the things. So don't, don't be ashamed when you are going through trials. Don't, don't compare yourself with anybody else. Don't be, don't, be, don't, be, don't be ashamed when you are going through sufferings, as it were, on the outside. In the case of joblessness, in the case of a child that has a problem, in the case of, of finances, don't be ashamed of those things. But if you understand the way of the Spirit, you know that that is actually the, the starting point where God wants to take you into something that is greater than you have ever imagined. But just cooperating with the Holy Ghost. Don't be ashamed of those things. Don't try and compare yourself with the other people don't don't even when people put you down don't be don't don't, don't take offense about of um, don't take offense at it just understand how the god works how the lord works in this situation that we'll see clearly from the scriptures so the lord is close to those who have a broken heart i'll read that again the lord is close to those who are of a broken heart the lord it is he said listen to this he said the lord is close so you are closer, Jesus Christ is closer to you than you think. Say, so the Lord is close to those who have a broken heart and saved such as are crushed with sorrow for sin and are humble and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. So it might even be a habit you are struggling with. 
See, I want to get into the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ. It might be something that you are struggling with so deeply that you are ashamed of it. He says, Many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps his bones, and not one of them is broken. So if we understand that the people that are well do not need a physician, the people that have it all going do not need Jesus in that sense. Jesus comes in to those places. That's why it's called the comforter that need comfort. That's why it's called the helper that need help. That's why it's called the advocate that needs someone to help them. That's why it's called the standby that needs someone to stand by them. If a man is self-satisfied, that is why the self-made man is not what Jesus is after. Jesus is after those who have a broken spirit. Those who have a need. Those who are thirsty. There must be a thirst for you to enjoy and partake of the Holy Spirit and the work of God in your life as a person. Because that thirst indicates that there's something in your soul that needs to actually be worked on and corrected and transformed. So Jesus Christ is close to those who have a broken heart of a contrite spirit. The Holy Ghost. That's why you've seen the life of Jesus. He gravitated towards those people. The Pharisees said, why are you troubling yourself with these people? Why are you eating with drunkards? Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with prostitutes? Why are you eating with people that seem to have needs? Why are you going to the place where they couldn't catch any fish? Why are you going to that place where the woman I mean, had an issue of blood? Why are you going to those places where you feel as if things are not working? Jesus said, that is why I'm here. That is why the Spirit of God is here. So honestly, he wants to comfort all the waste places. Now let's go to the book of Isaiah. We'll, see, we'll go from there and see what happened there. In the beginning, he showed it clearly in the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth was without form and void. And that's where you found the Holy Ghost hovering. So people, it's not, you don't have to have it all made. In fact, you're at advantage if there are things in your life like that because he wants to hover over them. That is the point where he wants to enter into your life. So don't be ashamed of it. Only open it up to him. And we'll see you open it up to him. People are trying to solve those things. They're trying to solve it first. I say, let me behold before I come. No. He's saying, look, come as you are. I want to enter into your life and take you to places. Now, let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, chapter 51. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 51. I will see how practically for where you are, God wants to take you to this place. So those things you are crying about are actually the things that God is looking for in your life as a person. You know, F.F. Botswood said something which is very, very interesting. He said, look, the, the genius of Christianity and the life of Christ is that when there's a need in a man's life, follow me closely, let's say the man needs healing. He said, and he's looking to Jesus, not that he's just there, that he's, he understands that he's looking to Jesus in his word. And the, so the Spirit of God is, is imparting the life of Christ into that man's soul. He said, as he's looking at that word, he says, 
it says as even the process takes longer, the longer it tarries for, as long as it's looking at the word and fellowshiping with Jesus, more of the life of God is deposited inside him. So the longer it is, the more life is deposited inside him. Then a point will come where he's so full of that life that it manifests on the outside. So he's saying that that point is where you receive that life. Because once the process changes on the outside, for example, if the, the need disappears on the outside, the opportunity has passed. It's almost like an anticlimax. You find out that when you understand the ways of God, when you are reaching out to God for things, you know, that fellowship you begin to enjoy, when you have lost interest on the outside, that fellowship, that joy, you begin to enjoy as you fellowship with God in that season where the things seem to be contrary. You find out that once there's a manifestation on the outside, there's an anticlimax. It's as though the, 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 the joy you felt when there was no manifestation yet, even though you were enjoying the, the reality of possessing that thing, when the thing manifests on the outside, the, the happiness and the thing you feel is inferior to what you felt even when you hadn't seen it physically. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 51. It says, Hacking unto me, verse 1, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. It says now, you're following after righteousness, you're seeking the Lord. There's a thirst there. Like I said, there has to be a thirst there for you to be filled. There has to be a hunger there for you to be filled. Jesus says, for you to drink of the Spirit, for you to see my activity in your life, there must be hunger and thirst. He says, come unto me and drink if you are thirsty. He says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So it's a good thing for you to have a situation that is making you thirst. It is a good thing. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a good thing for you to have a problem there that you cannot solve in your own might and power. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for you to have challenges. It's a good thing because it will cost you to thirst. The problem is not having the challenge. The problem is directing it to the right place. You know. So let's see that. It says, Hacking to me that follow after righteousness, that seek the Lord, look unto the rock from whence you were hewn, unto the hole and the pit from whence you were dug. So look unto Abraham, your father, and to Sarah that bear you. So look unto those two people, look unto the source from which you came out. It says, you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. It says, I called him alone. I called him alone. It says, I called him when he was but one. It says, and I blessed him and increased him. He says, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He said, look at that pattern. He says, in Abraham's life, look at that pattern. He now says, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. So he starts from that place of comfort. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Lord starts from the place where you need comfort. The Lord starts from the place when you need comfort. The Holy Spirit, when he comes in, his primary assignment is, first of all, to bring comfort to the waste places. And he says he will comfort all, all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, the voice of thanksgiving and melody. So it starts with, that's why it says the Spirit of God is upon me. Jesus said it. He has anointed me one for one reason. When he comes, he says to preach the gospel to the poor, he comes for those areas, the, the, the areas of thirst, the areas of hunger, the areas that need comfort, the areas of wilderness, the scattered, the, the, the destruction, the souls that have been destroyed. He comes 
for those places. It doesn't come for those that don't need a physician. It doesn't come for those that don't need anything. It doesn't come for those that are self-sufficient. It doesn't come for those. It comes for those who are broken-hearted and of a contrite spirit. Those who are thirsty are the ones it comes for. So it says the assignment of the spirit there. It says, I want to comfort your waste places and I want to bring your wilderness, all those areas in your life, to become like the Garden of Eden. And why does he do that? We'll go to the comfort. Why does he do that? Why does he do that? Because there's a reason why he does that. And we'll see that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Very clearly there. Why does he do that? Because that's his entry point into your life. That's how the inheritance enters into your life. And we'll see that clearly. We'll take it... Um, Line by line, precept by precept. Why does he do that? So the thing you are crying about is actually the point where God wants to enter in. So people abandon it and they start to face other things. Don't do that. That is the point Jesus Christ wants to enter into your life through. For example, for example, think about it. If they had said this fish, we are not going to toilet again, we are tired. Jesus says, no, no, no. It starts from that point. I want to teach you how to catch men. Master catching fish. And once you have done that, we're going to the next assignment there. Don't circumvent it and leave it on the side while it's still an issue there. And start facing other things when you haven't experienced the comfort of God in that thing that touches you the most. You have to stay with it and let God comfort you there. Let me show you why it's so important here that the Spirit of God has come to do this. It's about assignment. First of all, you have to know it's not about you just meeting needs. Like we said, it's about an assignment that God has placed in you. Paul was saying here, he says in 2 Corinthians 1.3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And the reason why he's the God of all comfort, he, God is a strategist. He knows why, how human beings operate. He knows that the best way to actually enter into a man's lives, to go to the places where he needs comfort. He knows that. He now says there, who comforted us in all our tribulations. Why? For one reason, basically, that we might be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So we miss out when we refuse or we circumvent that process of receiving the comfort of God in those areas where we are lacking. You know, so important here. It says, whether we are afflicted, for our sufferings abound, uh, the sufferings of Christ abound in us, our consolation also abounded by Christ. So if we are afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation. So, which is the effectual working of your own suffering. So it's, it's about receiving the comfort of God. I like what Dr. Lillian Yeoman said, very, very strong words he said. He said she has observed, that she knows, she has seen from experience, that people that have gone through challenges, health challenges, whatever it is, he said, she said something very strong. She said, as they came out of those challenges, it was as though it was an open door to enter into their divine assignment regarding that area of life. It's always there. He said, as they received, so it's not about you anymore. I want you to say, as they received regarding how to bring up children and have gone wayward. As they received how to receive healing for their bodies. He says it was as though God used this as a point to open them up into a realm of ministry that they didn't even plan to enter in. If you look at it, it's all over the place. Some people came out of deep poverty and they entered into realms where they have become apostles of the prosperity of God. 
Some people came out of the bed of sickness. They've entered into a place where they can minister that comfort. That is how God operates. And he says, now go back and look to your father Abraham and to Sarah, your mother, and see their lives. Consider how Abraham became a father of many nations. He said, I called him as one alone. I called him there and I blessed him and I caused him to enter into the inheritance. Let us go to the life of Abraham and see what happened to Abraham, how he managed to, how he entered into this inheritance that God designed for him. We know the story of Abraham. We know for want of, because of time, we'll go there, but we know the story of Abraham, how Abraham, God called Abraham. And Abraham had a need for a child. Abraham had a genuine need in his life. He says, if I don't get the son, what will happen is Eliezer, who is my steward, will be the one that will inherit all my properties. There is no one that will be able to take this. This is an essential part. I need to be able to bring a son into this life. It's a need in my life, Lord. I need to be able to actually do this thing. It's a need in my life. I need this child to actually go through and this child to actually become prosperous in life. It's a need in my life. I need this, this, this career to function perfectly. It's a need in my life. I need this to work in my life as a person. Abraham had a genuine need in his life. And God said, look, Abraham, you need what you need is I want to comfort you in that place you are in. And Abraham, that is, a, that is where he starts from. Don't circumvent. Don't pretend. Don't flaunt. It's hurting you. Don't try and solve the problem by yourself. Don't try and do 24 shifts to meet that need. It is a genuine need and God is interested in it. And God wants to come into your life as a person wherever you are today. So he said there, now people are carrying the bodies. I don't know, sometimes it might be a feeling of piety. You know, they're carrying the burdens and, you know, God does not want you to do that. So what happened? He said, Abraham, now let's discuss what, how we'll do this. Abraham came to God with that need. And in the process of conversation, that's where it starts from. That's how you enter into these things. You come to God with that business idea. You come to God with that thing, that situation in your life. That's how it starts. Come to God with it and don't try and solve it yourself. Abraham came to God with it. And God gave him a certain indication that, look, Abraham, it is much more than this need you have for a child. There is much more I have in life for you. It's much more than that career path and that job you are looking for. There is much more I have for you. It's much more than just getting that temporary thing on the outside. That house or that car. There's much more I have for you. But you come with that starting point there. And Abraham came and God said, look, there's a plan here on the earth. Imagine them. No, just think about it. Abraham, um, God, for example, okay, he, he, he designed and he got Ishmael. And Ishmael, they would have just been there in their little house. Abraham will be successful. They will buy some cattle for Ishmael. They will spread out a bit. We are talking about eternal things here. Where Abraham entered into a place where his effect is still shown today. 
where Abraham was the one that ushered in through, his, through the activity and his relationship with God, the coming of Christ Jesus as the seed. This is massive. Abraham in his entire life would not have dreamt that that was the inheritance inside the veil for him as a person. That's what I'm telling you. You will never, what he has in store for you, you haven't even, you haven't even thought about it yet. You know, so he's saying, take that thing there. Don't try to stop at that point. So Abraham said, okay, let's see, how does this work now? He says, this is what my plan is. That is in simple terms. God shows you in the scriptures what his plan is. Someone was asking me, how do you get revelation from the scripture? You come to God as you are, thirsty. There must be a thirst. He says, those that thirst and hunger shall be filled. If there's no thirst, there's no feeling. If you pour water in a full cup, it spills on the outside. If you pour water in a cup that is full, it spills out. In fact, you don't even register in the cup. So the Holy Ghost wants people that are thirsty. So it is through those points of thirst that he meets you. He wants to fill them. So Abraham comes to God and says, look, this thing about this child I'm facing, for example, or this, this career I've been applying for, I can't get the job. What is it you are, what is, what, I, I need this job, you know, God, but, but I want to come to you with this so that we can have a conversation. Show me inside your word what you are saying about this. And God said, yes, I've got it. Yes, I've got his attention now. Let us begin to discuss. I want to do something. I want to build an, a, an industry, you know, it's applying for jobs, but I want to build an industry in that United Kingdom there that will actually provide jobs, that will actually be a job center for people that don't have um, career, that don't have a, um, a degree, that will actually train them and pass them through the ranks and that will give them the skills to go out and actually start their own businesses. So the man was thinking about getting a career while God was thinking about, look, I want to train him to become a trainer of men. He didn't think about that before, but he wouldn't have known that if he didn't come to God. You know, he wouldn't have known that if he only tried and just say, I want a son, I want a son, I want a son. Sarah, bring Ishmael, let's give birth to his son. And he gets the son and he's satisfied. He doesn't know, but he doesn't know what he has missed out on. But God was merciful to Abraham and said, Abraham, I have a plan here. That inheritance is still intact. He has not been taught. He said, now walk before me and be thou perfect. He says, now I want to take you into the place that far exceeds what natural men are seeking for. He said, I want to take you to the place that the kingdom of God is more than meat, it's more than drink, but there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Abraham, I want to take you into the depths of the spirit and bring out the reason why you were created through this seed here, through this need there. I know you need the son. Abraham said, okay, Lord, I, I, I see where I made a mistake. Ishmael was born now. I want to come to you. It's much more than Ishmael. There's an inheritance. It's much more than the need on the outside. It's much more than that child being well. It's much more than getting, there's something else inside here. So he said, now, Abraham, let's discuss this. I want to make you a father of many nations. Now, I, what I want you to do is now, now I've showed you the scriptures. I've made you a father of many nations. That is your state in the realm of the spirit. So when God opens, you come to God and he opens the scripture to you, that's how you receive revelation. You go to God and ask him, Father, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see what is written about this career, this business I want to do, this, this burning desire in my heart regarding this project I have. Show it to me. And once he shows you, you see it there and says, I've made you a father of many nations. That's what he told Abraham. He didn't say, I'm going to. He said, that's the state. That is the inheritance there. It's incorruptible. It's on the file. It does not fade away. He said, Abraham, you know, thank God you've come to me now. 
this is your son that you need. You know, what really, 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 really is going to happen is that I want to make you a father of many nations. You know, but I'm coming through this point. That son you are asking for is going to be the seed for this experience. But Abraham, let us go into partnership now and begin to walk in this line. Let us go into partnership now. It's not about, it's much more than the job. I want to build these multinationals in the UK where you are employing, training people and actually sending them out to start their own business. Now, let us begin to discuss the content. So that's how Abraham, so when that word is revealed, when you see it the first time, it far exceeds anything you desire, anything you can think of, and what the, now that is where the process starts. That is where the process, think about it, did Abraham, I want to tell you something, did Abraham actually physically become a father of many nations before he left the earth? No, he didn't. But he was the father of many nations already inside his soul or mind. That is what God is after. He wants to make you that thing or that person on the inside. The outside one, I'm telling you that once you have experienced it on the inside of you, the outside manifestation becomes sort of less in terms of the joy you feel. Abraham, the Bible says of Abraham, it says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Jesus said, Abraham, he expressed, experienced the joy of Jesus Christ's day at that time. He everything was fulfilled inside him. Inside him, he had the experience of it. And that was the, the highest expression. Let me tell you this, the highest, the, the, the highest feeling of joy or is when a man experiences God on the inside of him, you know, experiences the, the joy of of, of God inside him even before the outward manifestation takes place. So Abraham got that hope there and Abraham began to operate with that hope and that hope is so crucial there. That hope is what will take you inside the presence of God where you have encounters with Jesus. That hope is what will take you inside the presence of God where you begin to experience God on a deep level. I've read through the biographies of people that have gotten healed, that have entered into realms of destiny. They say this, look, that after some time, when I began to interact with the Word of God, with that hope that God gave me, I forgot about the thing on the outside, that the, the, the joy I was feeling, the, the transformation that was taking place inside me was more important to me than anything on the outside. That even when the external manifestation took place, I didn't even know when it had taken place, that I was in another realm, I was, I was living in the realm of the Spirit there, enjoying my fellowship with Jesus, you know, that was the maximum satisfaction my soul could get. So that when the outward came, I hadn't forgotten that I was believing for it. So that is where God wants to take us to. And you'll see what Abraham did there and how he interacted with that hope to take him inside the veil. But let me show you, first of all, what that hope does in a man's life in Hebrews chapter 6. So we're going into the into the into into the realm of the spirit. It's about destiny and inheritance now. So Hebrews chapter six. For verse thirteen. So for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise. He said, For men very, very swear by the greater, for an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. For wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of a counsel confirmed it by an oath, so that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, but sure and steadfast, which enters into that within the veil. He says there's a hope there, that hope, that word that God gives to you as you hold on to it. You see, God, this is the way God operates. I remember I've, I've said this before um, in this teaching, that when Jesus wants to manifest in a man's life, that lifeline is the word of God to you. That word of God is the scriptures that God has said concerning that thing. You know, we know this theoretically, but it's time to begin to practice the truth. It says it's the scripture regarding that thing that's going to take you further than you imagined. He throws that rope to you, Jesus himself. The Holy Ghost helps to direct that rope and he gets it to you. And your access to your inheritance is holding on to that rope in that area of comfort. For example, if it's a child or a career or something, their marriage, you ask God, don't try and give birth to Ishmael by trying to solve it on the outside. Don't try and use self-help by using your own intelligence to solve it. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Meaning, how do you do that? You first go to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're not on the earth anymore, but the Spirit of God is here to show me what you would have done or told me to do if you were here physically. He says, now I've come to you now with this area that needs comfort. And I says, show me what I ought to do. I remember once I was applying for jobs. Applying, applying, applying. I applied, which is what you should do. But what happened was, I'd been applying for too long. I said, Lord, there's something here wrong here. You're not here to suffer me or to punish me. There's something wrong. You're missing out on something. Show me. I said, Jesus, I came to him, and he threw the rope to I, I was I was in fasting there. You might even need to spend some time fasting because it's important you get that hope. He said, show me what it is, what your mind is here. What am I doing wrong here? Show me, show me. So I began to fast and would wait on him with a heart open to hear what he has to say. With a heart open to hear, what, show me what it is, you know, show me. So he threw the rope to me. The rope was in the book of Proverbs. As I was reading it, the scripture jumped at me. It says, draw water from your own system and from your own well. He said, your wife has been advising you. You've been taught that her information or her opinion is not relevant to your life in this context. You, you, you're despising the words she's saying to you regarding this. She's advising you, do this, do that. You are going strong-headed. And you're listening to the counsel of others. He says, in this situation, he said, draw water from your own system and from your well. First of all, begin to honor and value the words she's speaking to you because she's a helpmate for you. I brought her to help you, you know, far above every other thing. So I said, okay, Lord. He said, now, listen to whatever she will say regarding this job application. And once and subsequently, that any job you're looking for, listen to what she's telling you. Draw water from your own system and from your own well. Begin to volume the voice, not only regarding the career. So there was a correction that was taking place there. As I began to see it, and I began to, when I saw it, I said, Father, I thank you. As I saw it, I began to rejoice because I knew that that was the breaking point. And I saw it, and I began to rejoice in, in God. And I, I went and I apologized. I said, please show me what I should do here. I began to listen to that counsel. And that is how, even till to, to be honest with you, today I'm drinking from that well 
from that well and I know anything my wife says now I, I, I listen to it and I and I process it I don't just say yes I listen to it and I process it there because I have had that experience there and to be honest throughout my career till date I've been drinking from that well I will say category that is the well that has brought me to the peak here of my career that is one of the things that God has used to bring me there so that is how God begins to work and and he's brought you to that place now you are beginning to able to influence other people to a great dimension in an aspect of your life so so it's about going to Jesus to be honest with you it's about going to there's nothing more important than putting Jesus first it's not about anything on the outside it's about Jesus I would have been struggling 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 without getting direction but it says look this is the way to go and that that it not just corrected my I corrected my whole perspective regarding marriage regarding how to honor your wife by listening and and knowing that look it, it, it says God says it's about perspective about you how you see her as a person you begin to see her as a gift it says he that he that marries a wife has a good thing and has obtained favor of the Lord you begin to see her as the favor that God has given you you begin to see it in a different so it changed my whole orientation about marriage just look at that from that little I was looking for a job it has it has spread into every area of my life that is how that is how the, the hope works it takes you into the mind of Christ there and you begin to interact at a different way people will say why are you behaving like this you don't understand I've had an interaction with Jesus and his mind is operating through me in this dimension that's why I'm behaving like this you know so let's understand that it's about entering into the veil so the hope will take you there within the veil there where you meet with Jesus and you begin to fellowship with him and his knowledge begins to smear upon your soul and you are becoming a different person and if wonder why you like this it's not just like that there's something that has happened there as i interacted with it so what did abraham do abraham took that word in romans chapter 4 we'll go through it next week i don't want to rush it so he took that word and began to interact but i've said the first thing is that thing that is your challenge there don't take it bring it to jesus don't try and bring about ishmael or be in such a hurry you want to solve the external problem go with the way of revelation let the rock be the foundation take your time there to fellowship with jesus and ask him what exactly is your plan concerning this child put away that anxiety of wanting to get the result as it were quick 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 on the outside start with start with going to Jesus because the the effect and the things that will happen in your soul will be so great if you go through it this way understand that it's about the advancement you're making in the realm of the spirit understand it's about the transformation that is taking place in your soul understand that is the knowledge of god that has been imparted into you that will take you to deeper realms of fellowship with the holy ghost understand that it's about that in life and you cut yourself off from all the comparison with the joneses it has nothing to do with that it's about coming to the knowledge of god through the knowledge of the scriptures that the holy ghost opens to you in those places that need comfort so rejoice if you have an area in your life that you're struggling with rejoice is opportunity there. God wants to make you perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, through the ministry of the Spirit there. That's why it says, count it all joy. That's why Paul understood. He said, look, it says, it says, all these things were happening to me. I have even been ashamed. I'm, I'm an apostle Paul. How can this messenger of Satan come and buffet me? That people will be laughing at me? God said, it has nothing to do with what people say. It has nothing to do with what you even think about yourself. He says, there's something there. There's a glory there that's going to come out of that situation. Don't even try and pray it away. He says, an advantage. You have an advantage here, Paul. Begin to rejoice because it's a way that my glory will be revealed in your life. So that's where it starts from. So those things that are troubling you, those things that have been a burden to you, God wants to turn every 
wilderness into a fruitful field, every waste place into a place like the Garden of Eden. I thank God today that I went through those wilderness experiences. I thank God because that's the foundation of the ministry that God has given me. You know, bringing people out of places where there is dryness. You know, experiencing that, the reality in your soul, you become a life giver. You know, you become a life giver. So next week we'll talk about how to actually enter in. But the first thing is coming to Jesus with an open heart. You know, with gratitude. is gratitude. I, I thank God. Then it wasn't like that, but now I thank God. Father, I thank you. I went through all those things because now I, 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 there's something inside me that has changed. I have a knowledge of you that can give out and comfort people that I need. So that situation there, the first thing is don't be ashamed of it. Despise the shame. Don't allow Satan trick you. Don't allow comparison or what is going on in other people's life affects you. There's a reason, there's a purpose in your life regarding that thing. As a friend of mine, this story just flashed now. She was in the UK. She's now a massive author in Nigeria. She's in, she, I mean, she's, she, she's affecting life. She's, she's on, she's, she's on, um, she, I, I would, I'll tell you this, she's, she's in America. Her, her, one of her books has been used as a textbook in American schools. She was in the UK, a friend of mine, she was struggling to stay. She was trying everything to stay in the UK, trying everything. But God told her, look, she went back to Nigeria to get a visa. You know, she struggled, she tried everything. He said, God said, you haven't even asked me anything. You're just trying to do what you think is right. You know, so she waited before the Lord and God began to open. She used to write. He began to open doors for her. She started writing and writing. People in America started coming. She wrote a book which got, uh, um, which was recognized as, um, it got a Nobel Prize. So she began to expand. And, uh, you know, she said, now look at me. That I was struggling to come to UK and I can travel anywhere in the world. So I want you to understand that th this thing is deeper than what we think it is. It is, it is an inheritance there that is so deep. And as we begin to interact with the Holy Ghost, it will take us to places that we didn't even think about. So first of all, let us be open to him and let us come to him in those areas of, of, of where we are wasted, where we are, where we, where they think there's a, there's a struggle there. Let's come to him and let him start the process by showing us the hope inside the world. And we'll continue next week on what we do with that hope, how we interact, how he begins to teach us on the inside and transform us on the inside to the person that he has designed us to be. So rejoice and be glad. You are in good company. The inheritance is intact. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. It cannot be touched by circumstances. Don't let Satan trick you. Think that the time has gone. Time has we know it's not wasted there. No, we're going to maximize every light affliction will become an exceeding weight of glory as we yield to the leadership of the Spirit in 2021. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place. We thank you for his work in our lives. We thank you for the assignment you have for everyone. We worship you and we thank you that these words have gone and brought forth fruit in every life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you all. And um, we'll continue next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to listen to other messages or worship with us, please call us on 0800-689-4318 or check out our website www.covenantchristiancenter.org.uk for more details. God bless you.